This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, October 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farm Bill talks resume. Yield updates questioned. Cheese sellers quandary and data requirement divides Senate panel. Stop the attacks, Senate negotiators say. The big four Farm Bill negotiators will meet face-to-face today for the first time since House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway accused his Senate counterparts slowing down the talks. Those comments don't help, the Senate negotiators say. Senate Ag Chair Pat Roberts said yesterday, any criticism or assessing responsibility, if not blame, I think is counterproductive. You're not going to hear that from me. Roberts then added, in an obvious reference to Conaway, I'm extremely hopeful you're not going to hear it from any of the four. Conaway issued a statement on Friday saying the Senate negotiators don't have the same sense of urgency as he does. Stabenow sticking together with Roberts. The top Senate Democrat negotiator Debbie Stabenow said she and Roberts choose to just keep our heads down and work together. The tenor that put through a partisan farm bill in the House is the same tenor being used now in negotiations, and it's not helpful to get something done. It has to be bipartisan. Roberts said he hoped the negotiators would make some progress today toward closing out at least some of the 12 titles of the bill. Conaway said at one point last week that the trade and credit titles had been finished, but he later backtracked after being told there were still policy issues and dispute in those relatively non-controversial sections. Economists questioned fairness of House provisions. A pair of reports out from economists at the University of Illinois and the Ohio State University are raising concerns about a key provision in the House Farm Bill that would allow farmers who experienced at least 20 consecutive weeks of exceptional drought to increase the yield averages used to determine their payments under the price loss coverage program. The economists say the provision will almost exclusively benefit producers in the Southern Plains while leaving out growers in the Midwest who lost crops in the 2012 drought. The economists argue that a 20-week drought may not have had as much impact on yields if it occurs outside the growing season and that a shorter drought can harm yields if it hits at the right time. The economists, citing estimates by the Congressional Budget Office, say in a separate report that cotton growers would receive an additional $577 million in PLC payments over 10 years as a result of the yield update. Moreover, the economists calculate that cotton growers will receive $867 million in government payments on their 2018 crops. That includes $227 million from President Trump's trade assistance package and $227 million in ginning cost share payments that USDA issued earlier. By the way, the National Cotton Council is preparing a response to the criticism of the House bill. We'll relay that to you when it's received. The Illinois economists include Jonathan Coppice, who was administrator of the Farm Service Agency during the Obama administration and a top aide to Stabenow when she chaired the Senate Agriculture Committee. Well, can you sell Asiago cheese without Asiago? That's the question facing Jim Sartori, CEO of the Sartori Company, and he doesn't have an answer yet. The European Union has a commitment from Mexico, part of their free trade agreement, that only cheese from the Alpine area of the Asiago Plateau in Italy can be called Asiago cheese. 
It's part of the EU's global push to get foreign countries like Mexico, Canada, and Japan to protect cheese and food names as geographic indicators, or GIs. Mexico is our largest single trading partner, and one of the main products we sell to them is Asiago cheese, Arturi told AgriPulse. We know it's going to hurt our sales there if we have to call it Jim's Finest Cheese. There's some hope for Parmesan cheese, though. He said Mexican officials assured him that even though Mexico agreed to also protect Parmesan with GI status, companies already selling it there before the deal was struck can continue to call it Parmesan. Sartori hopes that's true. He hasn't seen it in writing. Otherwise, he'll have to think of another name for Parmesan cheese as well. Senators debate the use of data in crafting regs. Members of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee are split along partisan lines over whether EPA will have to make every bit of data supporting its regulations available to the public. That's a requirement of a House-passed bill and a similar measure introduced in the Senate. EPA issued a proposal similar to the bill. Senator Mike Rounds, a South Dakota Republican who chaired an Environment and Public Works subcommittee hearing yesterday, is concerned that EPA has been looking for science to support predetermined policies, the result being regulations that overly burden our economy without having a substantial impact on human health or environmental protection. But New Jersey Democrat Cory Booker, echoing testimony by Rush Holt, who's president of the American Association for Advancement of Science, said the EPA plan would more likely hinder the use of good science than promote it. Holt said there's no reason that every detail of research must be made public and criticized the EPA proposal for requiring that studies be precisely replicated. Test results can be assessed properly without the use of raw data, he said. But two other witnesses, toxicologist Edward Calabrese of UMass Amherst and regulatory policy expert Robert Hahn of Georgetown University, argue that scientific transparency in rulemaking is a worthy goal. Hahn said greater transparency and accountability for decision-making are critical, not just for the EPA, but for virtually all government agencies that use models and data to design programs and regulations. Here's why it matters. When EPA proposed during the Obama administration to ban the use of chlorpyrifos, the agency relied on a university study that used confidential patient data to demonstrate the insecticide's neurotoxic effects. The pesticide industry pushed EPA to obtain the underlying data, but the university refused for confidentiality reasons. If EPA's proposal is finalized, the agency likely would face hurdles in using such studies. Here's today's She Said It. The current political regime has only one interest in SNAP, and that's to cut it. That's author and New York University professor Marion Nestle speaking about the Farm Bill at yesterday's Food Tank Summit in New York. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, October 4th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Dairy Management Incorporated and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Talley.